Turn with me to Second Chronicles, the uh, sixth chapter. Second Chronicles, chapter six. There's a phrase here I'd like for us to notice, take note of. Second Chronicles six. Forty-one. Now therefore arise, O Lord God, into your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. Let your priest, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and let your saints rejoice in goodness. Let your priest be clothed with salvation, and let your saints rejoice in goodness. Say that last phrase out loud with me, please. Let your saints rejoice in in what? In goodness. In goodness. The Lord quickened to me today in the last couple of days about his goodness and how that we need to come up to another level of faith in his goodness. Now, most everybody would agree God is a good God. I mean, it'd be a, the rare person that says they're a believer, says they're a Christian, and if you said God's a good God, and they'd say, I don't know about that. Most anywhere, most any church, any denomination, any background, you got up and say God is good, they wouldn't argue with you about it. But the reality is many are not expecting much goodness. They believe it and assent to it mentally that God is good, but it's not real to them in any practical way. People like to just, you know, say statements and think, well, it's got, I got no responsibility with this statement. How could I have any responsibility about God being good? God is good. No. Go to Hebrews 11, please. Well, before you go, did you notice this phrase? The saints do what? So here's something we're supposed to do in connection with his goodness. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to rejoice in goodness. We're supposed to rejoice about how good he is. And not just during service time when we read the verse. But all during the week, all the time, we're supposed to just, in the middle of a Tuesday afternoon, go, glory to God, you are so good to me. Thank you for your goodness in my life. Somebody say goodness. 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 Be turning to Hebrews 11, please, and let me read you the definition of goodness. Both the Hebrew word and the Greek word have oh, about three major words that's used to define it. One word for goodness is generosity. Is God generous? And a word that's akin to that word is kindness. When you say rejoice in His generosity, rejoice in His kindness. Another word for goodness, defining goodness is Quality and excellence. If something's good, it's not bad. I mean, you got a good apple and a bad apple. Well, what's the difference between the good apple and the bad apple? Good apple is a quality apple. 
It's fresh. It's ripe. It's good apple. Bad apple is not good quality. Rotten. You know, got a problem with it. It's not a good apple. Well, God is good. No defects. His blessings are good. Uh, Another couple of words used to describe this. His goodness is that which is beneficial and that which is useful. You know, we all ought to be givers. But I don't like throwing away seed. Do you? I don't like, you know, giving people things that they're never going to use. Right? You're that way too, aren't you? And we ought to be led. Did you know you can waste your seed? You can. Sometimes people like to think, well, I'm a giver. I just love to give everything away all the time. Well, you can be missing it too. And you can be led by the wrong things. You can be led by people's holes in their shoes or threadbare clothes or, or how they're acting or their sad story and just completely miss God. And then not have it when he's going to deal with you to do something else. There's only one solution. Be led by the Spirit. Not by what you see, what you hear, not by your emotions, not by your feelings. Be led by the Spirit. And if you don't know what we're talking about, you need to find out. And there are some good materials around. We've got some things we've taught on it. You can download it in its entirety for free right there on the website. Just look it up. Uh, what is it? Spirit-led life one and two. There's a bunch of tapes, you know, CDs, whatever. I guess it's none of that online, is it? What is it? Uh, megabytes? Lots of megabytes right there to get and download. So, Glory to God. He is good. He is good. But when something's good... It's useful. It's beneficial. God is all of this, isn't he? He's excellent. He's quality. He's kind. He's generous. And everything he does is right on the mark for what you needed it for. It's completely useful and beneficial, isn't it? He's good. And what he does is goodness. Now, in Hebrews 11, very familiar verse of Scripture, Hebrews 11, the great faith chapter, and verse 6, Hebrews 11:6, without faith, it is impossible to please him, to please God. For he that comes to God must believe That he is, and, in other words, and you must believe, that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. A rewarder. Now, there's all kind of people in the world that don't believe in God. And they like to throw out the challenge and say, well, if God's real, prove it to me. The Lord never called us to prove it to them. In fact... You just frustrate yourself if you try. Are y'all with me now? See, a lot of people don't like that. They think, well, you know, I'm going to prove to my unbelieving relatives that God is real. How? Well, I'm going to prove this or I'm going to prove that. No. Uh uh. God is the one who could prove it if he chose to. How many know God could move in the morning for about five minutes throughout the earth? And there wouldn't be an agnostic or an atheist on the planet when he got through. 
Is that right? He could shake this thing and manifest himself and speak out of the heavens. And nobody would have any question about him being God and about him being real. Why don't he do that? He doesn't want to. He has chosen not to on purpose. And he requires that we all live by faith. What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for or expected. The evidence of things what? Not seen. We don't see him. We don't hear his voice with our physical ears. We don't see him with our eyes. And so, because it's this way, it allows those who choose not to believe to go on their whole life if they want to and pretend that there's no God. But those who choose to believe are qualified for the next life and for the kingdom of God. But notice this. And this is the thing that's been ringing in me for months now. This word keeps coming up in me strong. Hebrews eleven six. Look at it again. He that comes to God. What's that next word? That's the thing. Must believe. It is not optional. You know, sometimes the way preachers talk, you'd think, you know, it's optional. If you want to believe or if you don't. No. If you're going to know God and you're going to come to God, this is not optional you must believe two things not one thing two things a lot of people stop with the one thing well i believe in god i believe he's real that's great you got one of them now go on to the next one you must believe that god is that he exists that he is real that he is god you must believe it and believing is not is, doesn't have anything to do with what you see or feel or heard. It's a choice. You ever heard people say, I've heard people say, uh, skeptics, call themselves intellectual, whatever. Well, I just can't believe all that. I mean, I can't believe all that. No, that's a lie. You choose not to believe it. By very nature of what faith is, it's simply a choice. If I tell you something... And you look at me and say, I can't believe that, Brother Keith. Well, that's not true. You could have believed me if you had chosen to. You listened to what I said, and then you decided, it ain't true. I don't accept it. So you chose not to believe it. And we must believe what? Look at the verse again. We must believe what? That God is. And what else? And just as much, we must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Just as much as you believe God is, and that he's real, that he exists, just as much you must believe that he rewards those. Does that sound like goodness to you? That he rewards those. Who sincerely and genuinely and diligently seek him. Listen to Ezra. Don't turn there. But Ezra 8.22. The latter part of the verse. Ezra 8.22. Simply says this. The hand of our God. Is upon all them for good. That what? That seek him. The hand of the Lord. Is on all them for good that seek him. That's another way of saying rewards them. Rewards them. 
If you seek God, believing in Him and believing that He is going to do you good when you seek Him, what's going to happen? He's going to reward you. Another way of saying that, He's going to do you good. He's going to do you good. Now, we've got millions of people that go to church every Sunday that don't believe that. They believe it's just up to God. He might do something. He might not. You just never know. And yet here the Bible is saying as plainly as it can say it, you've got to believe this. What? That when you reach out to God, he's going to bless you. When you reach out to Him and you seek Him, He's going to do good to you. He's going to reward you. He's going to do something good for you. And all these folk running around saying, well, you just never know. It's just up to the Lord. They are being spiritually irresponsible and lazy and ignoring what God told them to do. Said out loud, I must believe that God is. And I must believe He is good. He good. He rewards those those who seek Him. him. I got to believe that. And if we're different, we've had people come by and say, boy, you know, y'all are different. Y'all are different. Well, what's different? We believe God's good. (laughs) And we don't just mean good when you get to heaven. We mean God is a good God. He will do good things for you right now in this life. Better than you've imagined. You say, well, I I wish he would. I've had plenty of bad stuff happen. I wish he would do some good. It doesn't come by wishing. What do I, I don't have anything to do with God doing. You have everything to do. With God being able to do good in your life. This is the lie that people have believed. That they got nothing to do with it. That some people. And they'll even use worldly ungodly words. Some people are lucky. Some people got a good life. Some people were just born with a silver spoon in their mouth. And other people just. You know they don't. They have a bad life. They have bad stuff happen. And we don't really know why God chose. For them to have a bad life. And you see people that have been through terrible, horrible ordeals just mad at God. Going, God, why'd you do all this to me? Well, he didn't. I said he didn't. In fact, he warned. I saw something today, man, that I'm going to show you in just a few minutes. God has spoken sternly to people who put good for evil and evil for good. Well, it's all good. It ain't all good. (laughs) It's not all good. There's evil happening. The Bible calls lack evil. The Bible calls disease evil. The Bible calls destruction evil. Well, it didn't come from God then. God's not evil. And evil's not coming from God. And evil doesn't please God in people's lives. God is good. I said, God is good. He's good. He's good. What's His will for my life then? Good. What does God want to do in my life? 
Good. Well, if he does, why don't he do it? Well, why don't you believe it? <laughs> we must believe that God exists. But we've got to go beyond that. And we must believe he is a rewarder. He does good. His hand is on them for good that seek him. Do you believe it? Anybody remember Brother Oral Roberts? One of the phrases that he popularized. that People knew him about all over the world. Still know him about. What would he say? What would he say? (laughs) Something good. Is about to happen to you. You know, uh, Brother Kenneth Hagin, uh, my father in the faith, who's in heaven now, contemporary Brother Robertson, he said this is back in the uh, 50s. And Brother Roberts is saying this so strong. He said other Pentecostal preachers would catch him off on the side and said, I wish he wouldn't say that. <laughs> Something good. Is going to happen to you. They said I wish he wouldn't say that. He said why? Well. How does he know? <laughs> Something good. Well now see. Whatever you're full of. That's what's going to come out of you. Why is this coming out of them? Because they are not convinced. That God wants to do good. All the time in everybody's life. They don't believe this. They don't believe he is always a rewarder of good to everybody that seeks him every time. I do. (laughs) How about you? I do. I believe if a man or woman, I believe if a boy or girl will look up from anywhere in the world, any color, any background, any city, any place, any time, and say, God, I believe in you, and I believe you're a good God. I believe you'll do good things for me. He'll do it. He'll do it. He'll do it. And here's the thing. The more faith you have in his goodness, which translates to expecting greater goodness, it gives him a spiritual Access and legal right into our lives to do greater good. We're talking tonight about the wonderful goodness of God. Do you have ears to hear it? Hmm? This is not intellectual. That's why sometimes people get bogged up. They, you know, give me some more Hebrew definitions. Well, you. You could have all kind of definitions and not get this. No, spiritual things are spiritually discerned. You get it with your heart. You never get these things with your head. Your mind can be illuminated, but you don't believe God with your head. The Bible says, for with the heart, man believes. And you embrace this by faith. How good is God? How good is he? We have a very limited concept of it. And what the Lord is ministering to us tonight about is allowing him to expand it. To expand our awareness and our concept and our expectation of his goodness in our life. How good is he? 
Well, he's better than you know. Go with me to the book of Psalms. Psalms. I'm going to just read verse after verse. And believe God. For this to get in us. In an increasing way. We'll start. In the. uh, Oh, let's see. The 23rd Psalm. You know, Paul said this by the Spirit. He said, when I came to you. I didn't come to you with the enticing words of man's wisdom. He was highly educated. He could have wowed them with uh, big words and speaking ability. He said, but, he said, I didn't do that. But he said, I wanted your faith to stand, not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And I don't know if you can tell or not, but that's going on in this church. Hmm? We're making a transition to a greater level of faith in the power of God. Another way of saying that tonight is in the goodness of God. Because when his power is manifested, the power of a good God does good things. But we live in a heady, intellectual generation. Where people, they live and die by their little minds. That's all they know. And people are so prideful about what they think they know. I mean, it's pride to say you're going to require God to explain something to your satisfaction or you're not going to believe it. (laughs) Well, then you're going to be in trouble. The psalmist said, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord Somebody say goodness. In the land of the living. Are we supposed to be believing to see the goodness of God manifested? Do you know what most Christians are expecting to see? Pretty much whatever they saw yesterday. Did you know that? Well, you think about yourself. What are you expecting to happen tomorrow? (laughs) Be honest with yourself. What are you really expecting to happen tomorrow? Probably about what happened last Saturday. (laughs) See, people like to pretend. They like to come to church and pretend and play games. But then, once church is over, they get back to normal. (laughs) And the problem is this low, low, low level of expectation of good. When we get a glimpse into the heart of God, we will see an unending, what do you say it, ocean, it's bigger than that, of goodness. Wanting to flow out. The Bible said he delights in showing mercy. What does God enjoy? God enjoys doing good things. That's why you the way you are. Any Christians that have ever really begun to walk in the law of love and begin to let God use them to do things for other people, help meet other people's needs, help their dreams come to pass. Once you taste of that, you don't ever want to do anything else. I mean, it just, it truly is more blessed to give than to receive. People look at that and they just think it's a nice high and lofty ideal. No, it really is more fun. It is the ultimate life. 
to be used of God. If you've ever seen somebody's face that just had a burden taken off of them. Somebody that was under pressure and struggling and God used you to help fix it and stop it. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. You'd rather do that than eat when you're hungry or sleep when you're tired. I mean, that is joy. It's joy. Why? That what you're doing, you're tapping into the nature of your father. That's who he is. That's what he is. He delights. In manifesting his goodness for people. He delights in doing good things. How many know what Jesus did when he was on the earth? What did he do? What did he do? Acts 10.38 describes his ministry in a handful of words. And this word good's right in the middle of it. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. He went about. He went about what? Doing good and healing. Healing is good. Healing is good. Sickness is bad. You hear people say it. It irritates me. I believe it's displeasing to the Lord. People, if they didn't say it, they leave the impression that God is working in somebody's life with some terrible disease. And people are calling evil good. And good evil is displeasing to the Lord. In fact, when they attributed the works of the Holy Spirit to the devil and called good evil, Jesus warned them about blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Didn't he? That's the occasion when he warned them about what that was. Calling a work of God evil. And Isaiah and other places talk about calling evil good. In fact, we've talked about it. Where are you right now? Psalms, well, you're close by. I hope put your thumb there and go to Isaiah. Isaiah and five. People who think they're so smart and complicate things. And they'll tell us, well, now you just don't know. I mean, we don't really know what's good. God and his wisdom does things. You think they're evil, but they're good. And you and your little small human understanding, you can't understand that. Yeah, you lost everything. And yeah, the tornado blew your house away. And you got a terminal disease. But it could be a blessing in disguise. Now, you know this stuff is preached all over the world, isn't it? And people nod their heads and go, yeah, we just don't know. Well, the Bible has strong words for this. That is calling evil good. And it's wrong. And it's disrespectful to God. And it's ignoring of the Bible. There's good. And it's good every day and every night. And there's evil. And it's evil every day and the night. And they don't swap places. Evil is not a blessing in disguise. Or otherwise. Evil is evil. It's not the will of God. Did you find Isaiah 5? Isaiah 5 and verse 20. It says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, and that put bitter for sweet, 
and sweet for bitter. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. They think they're so smart, they're so intelligent that they figured out that we can't figure it out. If God had wanted us confused, all he had to do is nothing. <laughs> nothing. Just not tell us what was good or evil or right or wrong, and we'd have been hopelessly and forever confused. But when he takes the time, and he moves on men and women of God, and he has it recorded, how many know people died, shed blood so this book can be in your lap? And goes to the effort and does what it takes to get this in the earth and to keep it in the earth generation after generation and says, this is good and this is evil. This is bad and this is good. Then don't you get philosophical and go, well, it could be a blessing in disguise. No, not having enough money is not a blessing in disguise. Not being able to pay your bills is evil. People not having enough to eat is evil. It's bad. People being sick in their body is bad. Everybody, every day, all the time, no exceptions. If there were any exceptions, the Lord would have showed us. He ministered to scores of thousands in His earthly ministry and more. And the Bible said he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. He called all their sicknesses and all their bondages satanic oppression. Didn't he? Not one time. And you think about it. All these people weren't good people in the sense of having done everything right. He's having outdoor meetings. People are coming in off the street. There's scores of thousands of them everywhere, and every one of them that's coming to him to be healed is leaving healed, every one of them. Surely, if what some preachers say is true, there would have been at least one or two or here or there would he stopped and said, well, now, your case is different. God's working something out in your life. And I know it feels bad and looks bad, but really it's a blessing. In disguise, he never said any such thing, neither did any apostle in the book of Acts or prophet or man or woman of God. This is a modern fabrication of people who think they are smarter and they are calling evil good and calling bitter sweet and calling darkness light. And God said, woe to you. He also said, turn to Malachi, please. He also said... You are wearing my patience <laughs> with this stuff. That's the Keith Moore paraphrase. But you read it, see what you think about it. Malachi 2. Some folks that have such harsh words for us don't realize they're the ones in trouble. Calling evil good. Malachi 2, are you there? Malachi 2, and let's see, verse 17. The Lord is speaking. He says, you have wearied the Lord with your words. Let's just stop right here. Can we understand that thought? 
Can we? (laughs) Have you ever heard somebody talking and they wearied you with their words? What does that mean? You wish they would shut up. The longer they talk, the more it annoys you and irritates you. We're not talking about you. We're not talking about me. We're talking about God. God saying, (laughs) would you be quiet about what? What is annoying God that men are saying? Read it. Yet you say, wherein have we wearied him? When did we weary God? He said, when you say, everyone that does evil is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them, and where is the God of judgment? This is this complicated doctrine of men that says somebody did a bad thing. Well, yes, but God in his wisdom was using them. Well, Judas betrayed the Lord. Yes, but he was destined to do it because somebody had to do it and really he was obeying the Lord and so it was evil but it was good in the eyes of the Lord no 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 the man was a traitor it was evil it was bad period well if you think a little deeper Then you realize that sometimes it looks evil, but it's good. No! No, you're wrong. You're wrong. Evil is evil. And it doesn't change and become good. It's not a blessing in disguise. Are you with me? And these are not my words. This is the Lord who's saying, you are wearying me with all this People who do evil is pleasing the Lord. And where is the God of judgment? He is fair. He is right. He is good. Somebody say he's good. good. Say it again. He's He's good. We have to make the decision that God is good. No matter what we have seen or haven't seen or understand or don't understand, he's good. He's good. He doesn't change and do evil some days. God never has a bad day. Never. He never swaps jobs with the enemy. The devil is not his whipping boy. Not his punisher that he gets delight out of by seeing it. The Bible said he does not delight in these things. When people are hurting, God gets no pleasure out of it. How many remember him saying, I have no pleasure in the death of him that dies? Talking about resulting from sin. He said, I have no pleasure in him. What pleases God? It pleases God when good happens. That's who he is. That's what he is. What's God's will every day of your life? Good. What are you expecting? Now that's the right answer. But what are you expecting? What are you really expecting? What does he want to do? What kind of things are good things? Good things. In your body. In your mind. In your finances. But God has places he wants to take you to. People he wants to involve you with. 
things He wants you to be a part of that's better than you've ever imagined. Do you believe that? He does. Can you believe for that without knowing what it is? <laughs> yes. It's what faith is all about. Something good. It's about to happen to you. And if you sit there and go, well, how do you know? What makes you say that? Well, you don't believe it at all. And that can disqualify you. Because he that comes to God must believe that he is and must believe that he is a rewarder. And we already looked at the other verse, talked about him doing good, his hand being on those that seek him. Somebody said out loud, I'm expecting some good things. How would you know it was really beginning to work in your spirit? You would have an excitement that begins to well up in you. <laughs> and when it really gets strong like it's supposed to be, you just got this burning excitement inside you. And it just grows every day. And your head's going, what? 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 What are we excited about? You say, shut up. You'll find out soon enough. <laughs> but this is faith that God responds to. God responds to this. It gives him a right to do things that are good. Good. Now see, the devil wants to sell you that life is bad. Doesn't he? Life is hard. Life is bad. And your best days are behind you. And the best free life in the U.S. is behind us. And the good old days are gone. If you believe all that, that puts you in a state of expecting less tomorrow than you had yesterday. Which means you are not believing to see. The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Which is where most folk really are. Do you know that millions of Christians. Their highest aspiration. Is if it don't get worse tomorrow. If we can just stay where we are. And do as good as we're doing. You know if we can just keep doing as good as we're doing. Glory to God. That is no faith at all. That is completely walking by sight. What are you believing for? They're believing for what they've seen today. If we can just duplicate that again tomorrow and just kind of fly under the radar and nobody notices and just, you know, keep getting our check or whatever it is, keep making it, keep. Well, friend, that is not all God can do. God is able to do exceeding. Abundantly, above what we have asked, all that we have asked or thought. Now, don't stop there. According to the power that's at work within us. What does that mean? That's what we're talking about tonight. That's the thing that you can't necessarily explain with your head. Something is working in me. What is it? It is an expectation. Of good things from God. What is it? I don't know. It's bigger than I thought. How could I describe it? Because it's bigger than I've asked for. 
can you expect something that's bigger than you've asked for? You can by faith. Could your life be a hundred times better than it's ever been before? Could things happen, so many good things happen in your life until it's just a different life? You are living a different life. I know some people, well, we've heard remarks here and there. Phyllis and I have talked about some things that God has done for us and our marriage and our home and our life and our material blessings and everything else. And people think you're lying because, you know, they, they think, oh, that's, nobody lives like that. You, they fight. They just don't tell you. They, you know, that's not true. No, we've been honest with you. There were years in the beginning that we had trouble. We didn't know some things and didn't do some things. But friend, you can live a life that a lot of people wouldn't even believe. It just sounds too good. They wouldn't believe it. It's like, oh, that's, they don't, they're not really, that's a put on. They're not really that happy. They're not really that. Yes, you can really be that happy all the time. 24-7. Oh yeah, the enemy tries to do stuff and people can make mistakes. But in the middle of it, you can have grace and you can overcome. And you can live life on a level, a greater level of the goodness of God. If you can believe it. The psalmist said, I would have fainted. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Somebody say, I'm believing to see. The goodness of the Lord. Here and now. In the land of the living. Said out loud, I'm believing to see. The goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. Say it again, I'm believing to see. The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, I'm expecting to see it. I'm believing to see it, the goodness of God in my life, in this life. Are you? Are you believing to see it? Now the devil's a liar. He'll come. He'll try to paint a bleak picture of your future. He'll try to show you, you getting older and older, and your dreams never come in the past. And he'll try to sell it to you, try to get you to believe it. And if you believe it, you're stuck right there. The just walk by faith, live by faith. But can you by faith, by faith, my friend, reach out and expect what you can't even explain? Can you expect bigger than you even know to ask for? Can by faith you expect goodness beyond what you've known how to think? If you can, and you can. If you will, God has a right to do it. And nobody ever trusted in him and was made ashamed or disappointed ever. Ever. Something's working according to the power that's working in us. Somebody say, something's working in me. Something's working in me. Phyllis and I, the life we live today, we couldn't even conceive of. 
25 years ago. Wouldn't even known, would have known how to pray for it. Or ask for the things we do, the things we've been a part of. Already beyond anything we've ever dreamed and the Lord's not through. But what happens in you as you draw near to him and endeavor to walk with him by faith is you get revelation of his goodness. How good he is, what his will is, what he wants to do in your life. I'd go to talking in tongues right now to try to express it better, but I'm doing what I know in my known tongue. Let me say it again. Can you believe for goodness that you haven't thought of? Beyond what you've known to ask or thought. How good is God? What does He want to do in your life? Can you believe He wants to do far more than you've ever thought about? Can you believe that He's that good? Somebody say, I do believe. I believe He's that good. And greater. I believe it. I believe it. Go back to Psalms. Let me read a few more verses to you here. Thanks be to God. Psalm 23. I'm going to read some verses. A lot of you have heard some of these before. But there are things in here we haven't heard before. There's different levels of revelation of his goodness. And he told us in our text that we are to rejoice in goodness. Rejoice in goodness. We're not doing so good tonight so far with that. But... Uh, <laughs> I can see why the Lord's talking to us about it. But can we by, fa- by faith, by faith, by faith, can we begin to say, God's good. He's better than I've thought. He's better than I've imagined. He's better than I've ever asked. I believe he's better than that. And be believing for a greater revelation of his goodness Do you believe he loves you? Do you believe his great heart and his great being is yearning to do something good for you? Do you believe Brother Oral Roberts had no apology to make when he says something good is about to happen for you? Why? Because God always wants to do something good. For his people, you you should have no concerns about saying the wrong thing or giving somebody a false hope or expectation. It's always the will of God, always his desire to do something good. Something good. I have it in my heart, I have it in my spirit that God is just yearning to do things in people's lives sitting in this place right here tonight and watching by internet and TV that if you could see what he's trying to get into your spirit, it'd make you cry, tears of joy, and then shout, and you just go around for days going, God, God, you are so good, you are so good, you are so good, and that doesn't say it. You are so good to me. You are so good to me. And if you'll start saying it now by faith and exercising faith in it, I've seen this. The more I say, God, you are so good to me, he demonstrates it to me. And it's like, you think I'm good? Look at this. (laughs) Oh, God, you are so good. Yeah, watch this. Oh, God, you're better than that. You are so 
good. And listen, if you're saying it with your mouth and you're believing it with your heart and you're expecting it, can you see the faith principle? The laws of God in operation? What about all the millions of people that are frustrated with their life, unhappy, and they talk about what they don't have? God never did that for me. And the devil's lying to them saying he plays favorites. You've worked harder than they have, and look at what God did for them. It ain't right. And that's what he was saying when people say, where is the righteous judge? Even people that mess up and God calls it good and does good for them. God says, you're wearying me with your words. Don't believe these lies. Say it again, God is good. good. He's good to me. me. Psalm 23. 23.6. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. Not death and destruction. Not lack and problems. What's following me? And it catches up with me all the time too. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and then it gets better. I dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Say that, everybody said out loud, surely. Goodness. Goodness. Not badness. Not evil. Goodness and mercy is with me. Follows me and is with me all the days of my life. Is that right? All the days of my life. I live in goodness and mercy. What's going on today? Goodness and mercy. Mercy means I don't get judged for my mistakes. Mercy means I get stuff I didn't deserve. Good things. And goodness, goodness, goodness. Goodness is in my life. God fills my life with good things. 27th Psalm. We've been quoting this, but I want you to see it and mark it. 27, 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. You know anybody fainting? Anybody wanting to quit? Wanting to give up? Anybody despairing? Hopeless? Suicidal? Why? He said, I'd have fainted unless I'd have done this. Any of us can go home tonight and get negative. Any one of us. You know, God's done so much for us in the church the last few weeks. But there's plenty of other things I could talk about. What's yet to be done, what needs to be done, what wasn't perfect, what wasn't right, what we liked on this or liked on that. I could get in that vein. And if I live in that all week, it's going to come out of me when I preach to you. Did you hear me? And we're already in a world full of that. It's so easy to slip into it. Everybody around you is talking that way and thinking that way. We don't have this and we need that and we can't get this and this didn't work and this wasn't right and they were ugly about this and they didn't do this. And if you do that, you'll get to the place where you start fainting. You start despairing. You get discouraged and get to believe in lies. I don't have anything to live for. Yes, you do. 
If you're a child of God, you got everything to live for. But you gotta quit yielding to depression. You gotta quit yielding to death. You gotta quit yielding your mind and your mouth to this darkness. This junk. Let me give you some good advice. Don't think and don't talk about what you don't have and can't do. Don't let it stay in your mind. Don't let it come out of your mouth. Period. Are y'all with me now? There's no future in it. There's darkness in it. There's death in it. And it starts you down a path that just gets darker and darker. This is not my words. The Bible talks about in Romans that if you're unthankful, your mind gets darkened. Your understanding gets darkened. You don't see what you're doing. You don't see the self-destruction that you're perpetuating. Everybody with me on this first part now? Are you with me? What do you not do? Don't think, don't talk about what? What you don't have, what you can't do. Don't think about it, don't talk about it. And the second part of this is never, never, ever, 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 for any reason, anytime, anywhere, never, 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 never feel sorry for yourself. I don't care if everybody and their brother left you and your dog left. I don't care. What happened, do not yield to self-pity. It'll kill you. It will destroy you. Sitting around feeling sorry for yourself will destroy you. It is the exact opposite of being a Christian. It is the exact opposite. What do you mean being a Christian? What is a Christian? A Christian is a believer. We live by faith. We walk by faith. Faith doesn't do that. Look at the people of faith in the Bible sometime and look for what I'm talking about tonight. Joseph had a great life. His brother sold him. He's working as a slave. God blessed him anyhow. Potiphar's wife lied on him. He's in the dungeon. And you see the Bible says he comes in one day and Pharaoh's baker and butler's in there. And he comes in and says, boys, what's wrong? Why are you down today? They could have said, because we're in the dungeon. <laughs> he comes in and goes, why are y'all so sad today? You can't defeat a man like that. I said, you can't defeat a man like that. Why? He was still holding on to his dream. He was still, he believed something good was going to happen to Joseph. He said, nobody even knows where you at, boy. What do you mean? You're going to rot down here and die in this stinking dungeon. In spite of all that, he believed something good was going to happen to him. Oh, it makes the devil mad when you do this. And it makes unbelieving people mad. They say, well, who do you think you are? Something good's going to happen to you. Hey, you could have it too. You wouldn't be a dummy. You could have it too. (laughs) Something good is going to happen to me. Something good's happening to me. God's setting up good things and doing good things for my life right now. Right now. He's got them in motion. He's got them in the works. Somebody say, what? Good. Good things. And if you are expecting the best things to happen in your life that's ever happened in your life, You're not suicidal. 
you can endure whatever's going on at the moment because you believe it's temporary. You can deal with it. You might not enjoy it. You might not be happy with it. But you can handle it. Why? Because this is temporary. Very, very temporary. This will be changed right away. And we're going to be into these good things that God is doing for us. It's a choice. Said out loud, don't think. Don't talk. About what you don't have. What you can't do. And never. Ever, ever, anywhere, anywhere anytime, anytime, for any reason, for any reason never, never feel sorry, feel sorry for, yourself. for yourself. Never. If you do, you're yielding to the enemy. If you or me do, we're yielding to the enemy. Just don't do it. Don't do it. He said, I would have fainted. I would have fainted like other people faint. I would have given up. I would have despaired. I would have quit. Unless I had believed to see The goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm so glad he put every one of these words in here, aren't you? Because people can't explain it away. Well, that's when we get to heaven. No, in the land of the living. Well, it's up to him. No, he said, you believe to see it. Well, it's whatever the Lord wants. No, goodness. Goodness. Every word is written as it should be. Anybody in here besides me expecting to see some goodness? You're actively using your faith. I'm believing to see some good things happen in my life. I'm believing to see them. We're believing to see it. We're believing to see it. That'll make you wake up brighter in the morning. Won't it? It won't take near as many hours to get warmed up and get going. Even things that have been mundane and annoying to you, you can deal with them. Why? Because something good is working. Something good. Something good. I'm expecting. I'm expecting. Read a few more of these. Psalm 31. Maybe I'm a little more stirred up because I looked at about 600 of these before. (laughs) I'm not exaggerating. That's about how many there were. And I can only share with you a dozen, so I might be more stirred up. (laughs) Psalm 31, 19. Oh, we spent a night or two on that one months ago, didn't we, about that oh? We're going to see it again here in just a minute, the very one. Oh, how great is your goodness, which you have what? How many know before you can lay it up, you got to get it? Somebody said, we got a bunch of two-by-fours laid up in the shed. Well, that means you already got them. We got a bunch of potatoes laid up in the bin. We got a bunch of stuff. What has God got? He has got great, how great is your goodness that you have laid up for them that fear you. Which you've wrought for them that trust in you before the sons of men. Can you get to picture that there's this huge warehouse of goodness already laid up, already stored up, that God wants to pour out on you? He's already got it laid up. Glory to God. (laughs) How great 
is your goodness. Go to the 34th Psalm. 34th Psalm. Verse 8. Verse 8. Oh! And the more you get into this, you're going to be saying this, oh, a whole lot more. You'll be going, oh! 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 Somebody say, what? What? Tell me. You just go, oh, oh. Oh, sit down. I got to tell you. Oh. What has God done now? How many believe God's no respecter of persons? About last several places I've been in the last few months, you know, uh, people have asked me, especially last month, about what God did for us here with the property and all this kind of stuff. And, and several of them would say, well, I'm not surprised. Last time I saw you, God had just done this. Last time I said, what? And sometimes you see friends after several months or a year or so, and they go, well, tell me, what do you do? <laughs> They're expecting me to tell them something good that God has done. They are not surprised at all when I say, you know. God did this. I mean, some of these guys, I don't think they'd be shocked if I said, well, God gave us the World Bank yesterday. I mean, and um, God gave us Texas last night, you know. (laughs) I don't think they'd be too shocked. And I like that. You want as many people as possible expecting good things to happen to you too. You want them in agreement with you. And the reason it's going to happen is because you believe it so much. And it begins to manifest until people around about you expect it too. They may use the wrong language. People at work may go, that's the luckiest guy I haven't seen in my life. Now, it ain't luck. It's not luck. It's the luckiest girl. Man, everything happens for her right. It's not luck. It's the goodness of God. Why don't it happen to everybody equally? Because... Millions don't even believe in him. Much less believe he is a rewarder. One who does good to those who seek him and believe him and obey him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. good. (laughs) Taste for yourself. See, how can you taste and see that the Lord is good? How do you do this? See, this is spiritual, isn't it? You taste with your spirit. Your spirit has senses just like your body does. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Say it out loud. That's me. That's me. I trust in him. And I am blessed. I understand blessed implies that you are tasting of his goodness all the time. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no want to them that fear him. How much? No want. Could God really bless you and give you a life that is so good that you just don't want for anything? I've seen some of my minister friends that have been in this a lot longer than I have and really walk with God and God used them. And I've had more than one of them, Phyllis. They've told Phyllis, they've told me, I don't know of anything I want. Sometimes people will come and ask me, let me buy something for you. Let me do something. They go, man, I, I can't think of anything. Don't know of anything at the moment. No want. There's still a lot of people believe that's a fairy tale. They go, oh, that's, no, it's Bible.
Am I reading Bible right here? Is it right here? No won't. The young lions, that's the strongest of the strong, they lack and suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord, sounds like Hebrews 11, 6, don't it? They that seek the Lord shall not want or lack for any good thing. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. That's me. That's me. I seek the Lord. I will not lack or want for any good thing. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, there's so many of these, but for time's sake, I'll skip some of them. Psalm 84. Go to that one. Psalm 84. While you're turning there, I'll just read these other, some of these others in between real quickly to you. Psalm uh, 65, 4 says, We'll be satisfied with the goodness of your house. Psalm 52, 1 says, The goodness of God endures continually. When is He not good? Never. He's always good. Always good. Psalm 84 and 11. 84, 11. The Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. What good thing will he ever tell you? No, I don't want you having that. Now, here's something we need to get a hold of. If God says it's good, it's good. If he says it's bad, it's bad. Now, see, much of the world has this mentality. All kind of songs are written about it. If loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. (laughs) Huh? And what are people saying? How could it be wrong? And I feel like I do. I feel good. They're talking about their flesh. They're talking about some emotions. If God says it's bad, it's bad. And you need to believe Him. And we got all kind of people that just ignore the Bible. And they want to say, well, that's archaic. Paul just had goofy ideas about this and that. And what if, no, these are not the words of men. This is God's words. And if he says this is wrong, then it's wrong. Well, it's relative. No, it's not relative. If he says it's wrong, well, if I feel like it's okay for me, then what business is it of yours? Well, it ain't so much my business. But if God said it's wrong, then it's wrong. doesn't matter how you feel about it. Are you with me? If he said it's good, then it's good. And the only things he doesn't want you to have are the things that are bad, that will hurt you. The wages of sin is death. And if you love God, here's the thing it boils down to. Don't argue with people about Sin lifestyle, don't fuss, don't try to get in debates or try to prove them right or wrong. A lot of people just want to argue. It's a waste of your time. You're in worse shape when you get through than before you started. 
trying to prove to them about sexual sin and morality and any of these things. Just ask them this question. Do you believe in God? If they don't, it's hard for you to even talk. And a lot of people, they don't even look at this. They try to wrangle and argue stuff. And people don't, they don't even believe in God. So what do they believe the Bible is? You got nothing to talk about. But if they say, yeah, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I'm saved. Oh, wonderful. Excellent. Then this is all I would say about it. If he told you it was wrong, what would you do? That's the deal. All I'm saying is if he says to you it's wrong, do you love him enough to obey him? And you need to leave it with him on that. And, you know, when people's flesh wants something, they don't want to see things. They purposely ignore them and push them and shut them out. And if people are not listening to God, they're not going to listen to you either. Don't be shocked when they don't. Don't get your feelings hurt about it. If they're not listening to him, they're not going to listen to you. But that's what it boils down to. I've seen people have huge debates and fusses about is this wrong or is that wrong? Is this a sin? Is that a sin? Simple. Do you believe in God? Do you love God? Is Jesus your Lord? If he really is, then are you really willing that if he told you, I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about him. If he told you by his word, by his spirit, if he told you he doesn't want it in your life, do you love him enough that you'll obey him? And if a person's not willing to do that, then you don't have anything to talk about. If you believe God's good, though, and everything that's good, no good thing, not even one good thing, will he withhold from those that walk uprightly. So how many good things does he want you to have? How many of them? If God spared not his son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely, Romans says, give us all things. The Bible said in Timothy, trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. All things that pertain unto life and godliness have been given to us through these exceeding great and precious promises. What does he want you to have? The Bible said he gives him the Father good pleasure to give you the whole kingdom. That's what Jesus said. He said, but don't run after the stuff, don't run after the things. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And Jesus said, then all this stuff, all these things will be added to you. What is that? It sounds like goodness following you. Right? Adding to you. Adding to you. But do we have a responsibility to expect it? Hmm? What are you expecting tomorrow? Come on, help me out now. What about next week? What are you expecting? The Lord tears is coming. More of the same? Huh? Same old, same old? What are you expecting? Expecting something good. Glory to God. I know I'm taking some time with this, but we need to. This is not, we're not just meeting tonight to check the box and say we went to church. We're endeavoring to accomplish something. Getting something set in us. I know years ago, I went to minister to a man in the hospital who was in a bad way. He was in such pain that they had to drug him, you know, in a semi-comatose state. And he's just getting worse every day, every day, just down, down, down. Last, I don't know how many days, he's gotten worse and worse and worse and worse. Well, I got there. He's in a bad way. He can barely pay attention to me. 
And driving over there, I'm thinking I'm young and inexperienced, but I'm thinking about, well, let's just believe God and jump out of bed. And God can do that. But he doesn't do. It's not according to what he can do. It's according to our faith, the Bible says. And as I drove over there, the Lord began to help me to see he's been getting worse every day. He's actually at the place where now he's expecting to be worse tomorrow than he was yesterday. Because that's what's happened. And that's what they told him was going to happen. And so the Lord prompted me to do this. See if you can get him with you in faith that tomorrow he won't be worse. And so that's all. Hey, when you, that's all you've been doing for weeks. That's a victory. Anybody with me on this now? That's what the Lord prompted me. So I got with him and I could see it in his eyes. You know, he loves God. He's a believer. But he just is so weary and so warm. And I looked at him. I said, brother. I believe, if you and I agree on this and pray, that tomorrow you will not be worse. It surprised him when I said it. But then the split second after I said it, I saw a little twinkle in his eye. It's something he could relate to. It's something his spirit could hook up with. So we did. We prayed. We released our faith. Well, are we expecting something good? How many understand not getting worse is good? Right? We're expecting a good thing. Came back the next day, what do you think? What do you think? He was no worse. He was no better, but he was no worse. Now, foolish people would despise that as a small thing and not make anything out of it. We shouted about it. We shouted with glory to God, glory to God, no worse. I know the nurses probably thought we were nuts. No worse. But it's a victory. And it's something to be excited about. Because if your faith will work on this, guess what? It'll work on something else. We shouted about that for about five minutes and I looked at him. I said, you know what I'm going to say now, don't you? I said, let's believe that you'll be some better tomorrow. Some better. He said, I believe it. So we prayed. We released our faith. What do you think? Next day. I mean, it was nothing off the charts, but it was, you could discern it. Better. I said, all right, let's do it some more. Some better tomorrow. Let's believe for some better. Are we believing for something good? We're expecting something good. Something good. Even though everything says it can't get better, we're still against hope. Believing in hope. And expecting. We did that for another three days. And then I had something else going on. I couldn't be there a couple of days. I came back the first of the next week. He's gone. They said we sent him home. I said, what? You sent him home. Glory to God. Send him off. Said, yeah, man, he just got so good. He, he wasn't having pain anymore. He's doing good. We let him go home. Glory to God. What were we doing? Expecting something good. Somebody say expecting something good. Instead of expecting something bad or expecting the same old, same old, we're expecting something good and no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Psalm 103. We'll close with this, I think. Psalm 103. You know it. Let's read it again. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and don't forget, forget not, all His, that's one of the definitions for good, isn't it? That which is beneficial, 
That which is benefit and good. You could say, don't forget all his goodness. All his benefits. We got to keep them on our mind, don't we? Keep them on our mind. Good things. Good things. Not what we don't have. Not what we can't do. Good things. Benefits. What's some of his benefits? He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindnesses and tender mercies of the definitions of goodness. He satisfies your mouth with good things. Does it do anything to you? Oh, man, it revives you. It renews you. Your youth is renewed like the eagles. It's not just the aging process that makes people old. It's what happens in their mind. It's what happens in their soul. That's why so many are way old before their time. They got a bitter look on their face. Nothing is enjoyable. They're not having any fun. Even if your body's old. Even if you're feeling some of the effects of age. You can't run like you could when you're 20. Got a few hairs missing. Got got a few extra wrinkles. Still, you can get a quickening. I said a quickening. You can get a quickening in your inner man. Though the outward man is perishing, the inward man is renewed day by day. And if you'll get your mind on all the goodness of God, he'll satisfy you. He'll satisfy you with goodness in your life. And it will affect you so that your youth will be renewed. People might see some age on the outside, but there's something way younger coming through. Something coming through, and it's your spirit that's been renewed and revitalized. How many know something good happened to you? I mean, it peps you up, it doesn't it? Oh, y'all know it does. Come on now. Somebody find you tonight and put a check in your hand to pay off your house and everything you owe. It would pep up your step. Don't tell me it wouldn't. You'd go... Glory to God. Right? Resources, ability, strength, life, connections, allowing you to be a part of things. Right? Hooking you up with good people that are full of good things. Letting you be involved with people to do good things. Putting it in your power to do good things. Ability and resources. You're sitting in the offering and it's a big project. And you sit there and close your eyes and go, God, what do you want me to do? Half of it? All of it? What do you want me to do? Is that good? Is that good? God could get you there. If you expect. If you'll be excited. Psalm 119, 68. We'll say it like this. Verse 68, what does it say? You are good and doest good. That sums it up, doesn't it? The devil's a bad devil. He does bad things all the time. God's a good God. He does good. What does God want to do in your life? What's the will of God? People say, what's God doing now? What does God want to do? Same thing he's always wanted to do. Good things. Good things. Good thing. Stand on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. 
If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.